we in the church need to start being more intentional about dealing with this issue and not dealing with it on a superficial issue and not being afraid of it. Shame and feeling incomplete or insignificant often leads us to seek out worldly solutions. As we spiral into isolation and harmful patterns of living, we can quickly find ourselves with addictions that we never imagined having. No one sets out to become a pornography addict, but many have found themselves caught. Unable to pull away from the explicit material, they feel forced to watch it as it consumes their thoughts and lives. This week, Gary and Bob discuss the deeper injuries to our hearts and souls that can lead to addictions like pornography. They want believers to know that we can find healing that leads to freedom. Before we begin, we want to let you know that you can receive daily biblical encouragement through emails. World Challenge offers daily devotional emails that you can sign up for at worldchallenge.org as a regular reminder of God's goodness. We would not be able to create resources like this one without generous listeners like you, please consider donating to power the mission and make world challenge resources like this devotional and podcast possible. Now here's our host, Bob Dittmer. Well, Gary, we're going to be talking about a topic today that is uncomfortable and a lot of people don't like to talk about it. And maybe that's part of the problem. It's one that needs to be talked about. And that is pornography. Are there other reasons besides lack of significance that mm-hmm. leads to pornography, or is that kind of the primary one that, that you hear when you're pastoring? The, the, pr- the primary ones is that, that I hear and that uh, most uh, people that really spend their whole careers helping people through this, there, there's two, uh, the shame, we've, which we've spoken about. There's one that's a lot less spoken of, and it surprised me when I first started studying this, and it's anger. Um, the, I think they, I think the surveys that they took over about 3,800 men, uh, they found out that like 80% of them, when they viewed pornography, they looked at uh, I don't know what to call it, but angry pornography, like uh, aggressive, almost abusive, uh, dominance, uh, someone being some servient, and so the uh, uh, so they, they started to like, well, you know, why is so much of this directed towards? You know, and they realize there's there's anger here. It's not mm-hmm. just so. So if you just deal with the lust, you're you're not dealing with the anger, and the anger is still going to be in your heart, and therefore you're going to go back to, to, to something that tries to do you get to relieve the anger or play at the anger in, in a, you know, uh, and most men are are um, are um, are. Um, they're angry and they're lustful, but they are also fearful a little bit. They don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to lose. You know, pastors don't want to lose their ministries. Mm-hmm. Most pastors say, "I don't know anything else to do," and so if I, uh, and, and so they don't want to, you know, they don't want to have an affair. They don't want to see a prostitute. But so they they feel like this is a safe way mm-hmm. to get rid of that anger inside of them. And so again, that's a, a dealing with the issue of anger. And and so we're 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 spending so much time hearing sermons about and reading books about and even preaching against. Sin and in the way only in the form of repressing it, not in the way of understanding it and and seeing why why we sin. Why do we why do we, why do we where's this anger come from? Um, okay, so <clears throat> maybe trace it back to uh, you know a lot of men look at pornography when uh, their wife rejects them uh, from a, from a, 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 an invitation to intimacy, uh, and there's ah oh, I can't believe my wife she's so mean to me. I'm, I'm just gonna, and then they go down to the basement and look at pornography. So there's, there's this. This, this track, this anger. My boss just, uh, he overlooked me and somebody else got the raise, not me. And they, and, and most times we don't link it. We don't, we, we're frustrated, we're angry, uh, we don't think, and then we just want some relief. And so we go to pornography. We, we oftentimes don't, don't trace the, 
the, the, the connection. And so shame, anger, uh, fear, and, and some of those other things that we did that. Another one is entitlement. Mm. Um, we, uh, I've worked hard. I've served my family. I, I gave overtime at the job. I you know, tithed and then gave to the missions program. I've done a lot. And I feel, and even after doing all that, God, I've done so much for you and I still feel miserable and I still feel lonely. So, you know, forget it. I'm just going to go out and have some fun, you know, and, and just, you know, and, and then pornography becomes the um, the means by which we escape. And there's a sense of entitlement. I, I, I deserve this. I'm not getting, I'm giving a whole lot, but not getting anything. And, and there's this fake, this false sense of int- intimacy. I'm getting something from, these these people that I'm viewing on a on a screen that they're giving me something and they're and they're not and that and that's and that just and again going to that circle that cyclical thing it just intenses intensifies the loneliness intensifies the lack of intimacy the, the shame the and even the anger I'm angry I did the, you're angry now you're angry at yourself you started the day angry at your boss or your wife and now you're angry at yourself for doing that. You, but you're a Christian, so you repented. So it's going to be three or four more days, and you're going to be clean and holy, and you're yeah. going to feel good about it. But that self-anger will catch up with you after the fo- the faux holiness mm-hmm. uh, loses its power over you, mm-hmm. and you're back to your angry self. So you got to deal with the root, the the anger, the uh, and how do you deal with the, okay? So how do you deal with these deeper mm-hmm. issues of the heart? Uh, first of all, is to face them. Again, in the church, we're oftentimes told just to to repress them, don't talk about them, just just a quick confession, come to the altar and you know, confess it and then never talk about it again, never discuss it with anybody, don't talk with your wife about it, don't go to your pastor about it, don't talk about it in the men's group. Uh, and so we're coming to church with very superficial issues, uh, talking about, you know, it's always project-oriented. We're going to go here, we're going to do this, we're going to build that, we're going to start this, or this group's going to start, we're going to do this series, we're going to do this program, and very little of of like some guy sitting around on a couch just saying, you're hurting, tell me about it, you're, you're struggling, what is it? And just this sense of openness, the sense of that God has something more for us. And so, <clears throat> and that is, that's the intimacy that we're looking for. Uh, you know, it can be in marriage, yes, certainly, but it also is in community. And without that community, the, you know, we won't, <clears throat> the, you know, community helps anger heal. It helps uh, the sense of uh, not belonging. Uh, you, when you're in, if you're in superficial com- community, you won't feel like you belong anyway, even if you're in community. It's it's real community where you do belong and others belong to you that there, all of a sudden there's that sense. And that's why God created mm-hmm. us. He says it's not good that we're alone. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, the, the creation of Male and female. I, the church does a lot of, you've already mentioned, talking about what you should not do. Stay away mm-hmm. from this. Put up these guardrails. Right. Do, do those actually, in your view, harm getting to the root of the problem? I, they've got to be there. I, I know it's a controversial question because I don't want to be suggesting forget all the guardrails. But right. do guardrails sometimes keep us from getting to the real problem, which just prolongs the issue? Mm, mm, great question. I think it is. I think it uh, gives us a, a momentarily superficial sense of control. Uh, without dealing with the roots, so it's just gonna—it's—it's it's like, you know, uh, mowing your lawn and uh, you, know, you had a lot of weeds in it, and it looks like grass a little bit because it's that. <laughs> and so, okay, that—that's acceptable. Uh, that's maybe the guardrails you're talking about is make sure you keep it looking good on the outside. Jesus talked about that: clean the outside mm-hmm. of the cup. That's not going to take care of it. It has to be the inside of the cup, and that's where the <clears throat> the power comes from. And so, <clears throat> you know, there, and there are some really healthy leaders in the church, and some really healthy churches that are. 
helping people. Uh, a good friend of mine, <clears throat> will, uh, another podcast we'll be hearing from him, uh, Nate Larkin, has started this thing called the Samson Society. And it's a, a group of men that have gotten together and said <clears throat> they are so exhausted with the superficial and not dealing with their heart issues and, and so so tired of dealing with pornography in the secret closet and nobody knowing. And so they're talking about their, their drinking problems, their <clears throat> anger problems, their lust problems, their, uh, their lack of love for their children problem. And they're getting together and having these wonderful times of, of openness and the, the, the amount of healing is taking place in that is, is phenomenal. That's a good example. Are there are some things uh, you think the church should be doing in addition to those? Do you have some suggestions for pastors that may be listening to us today? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think having a, uh, I think this is such a, you know, the statistics you just <clears throat> we talked about at the beginning of our time together. <clears throat> pardon me today, uh, would suggest to us without doubt that we in the church need to start being more intentional about dealing with this issue and not dealing with it on a superficial issue and not being afraid of it. Uh, you know, like some people, are, you know, are, you know, there are certain words that seem like well, those, you, you can't even say the word pornography in the church. So a pastor can't preach about it, you know, uh, you know or, or it's seen as a few men that, you know, kind of wear, you know, uh, cloak and jacket and they hats and sunglasses and they walk into pornography shops. You know, it's like, maybe it used to be like that, but it's not now. It's so pervasive and it's so available in, in every home, uh, on every telephone. Uh, you know, so many uh, uh, teenagers are dealing with this. You know, we're going to have to get honest with it. We're going to have to start, stop stigmatizing it as, 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 ooh, that sin, you know, so... So it's totally fine for a pastor to be full of arrogance and pride and selfishness uh, and almost applauded like, man, he's leading us into great things. Um, but if, you know, but if we talk about pornography, it's like, ooh, that's, that's shameful. That's, that's, that's a secret thing that nobody should talk about. So we have to talk about it. We have to have groups, I, I believe, again, like, like Samson Society or, or other ones, uh, type of Celebrate Recovery is another one Rick Warren started. Uh, these things where, where you start getting a little more honest, um, uh, you know, wild at heart type of thing. John Eldridge, he speaks of these issues of men dealing with issues of the heart, the longings, uh, getting to the to the core. <clears throat> uh, but a lot of it, really, a lot of it is um, starts with self work. So a man's not going to go to a group or a woman, uh, or <clears throat> or not going to go uh, to a counselor or a pastor unless first they're doing some self work. Um, so so realizing that they have a problem. Uh, that it's that pornography is both is both a sin and an addiction, uh, and and those two things are differentiated. I believe that that uh, sin is the sin sin is the thing that happens. We talked a little bit about that. So I'm, uh, in pornography, I'm sinning against the. Well, I'm actually in strangely I'm sinning against the woman who who is having to make her living to do something so degrading. I'm sinning against my my wife because the intimacy I give to somebody else, false intimacy, is is taking away from the intimacy of that. I'm sinning against my children because um, I, I'm, a, I'm a man who now has secret shame and undealt with anger and, and increasing it by looking at pornography. So I'm doing that. I'm, I'm sinning against my church, my community, my job. Everybody is being negatively affected by my sin. And so I have to deal with my sin, and God hates that because he sees how much it's hurting the people around me, so he he rebukes my sin and he and he disciplines me for my sin, and rightfully so. But many of us are only dealing with the sin and not the addiction. See, God cares about the addiction as well. He hates the sin, but he cares about the addiction, and his care for the addiction is to say, "I understand that your broken heart. I understand the woundedness. I understand 
the cry of your heart for intimacy and longing, and uh, and 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 it breaks his heart that we're looking for th- th- that thing in, in the wrong places. And so he wants to deal with the the heart of the addict that says, okay, <clears throat> I, I want to help you not only with the fruit of your sin, but the root of your sin and the woundedness that is driving you to this. So. You were abandoned as a child, and now you're looking for love. You, uh, a lot of certain types of pornography, uh, they, they find comes from um, being sexually abused as a child, and that that plays out in certain types of pornography as well, and heavy addictions, and maybe even a lot of sexual acting out sin, sinfully. Um, you know, it comes from that. I'm not saying that. And again, so you 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 wouldn't um, you wouldn't excuse the sin. Uh, okay, they're still. They need to look look at the the sin, but they're okay. There's a reason maybe for it, not not an excuse for it, but but a driver for it that is from this woundedness, and that's where God wants to. He also wants to forgive the sin, and that's usually where we stop. Oh, forgive me. I shouldn't do it again. I I, mean, I promise I'll never do it again. I'll, I'm gonna read my Bible three times a day now, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm gonna fast. And so we we deal with the the sin, but we're not actually dealing with the heart addiction. And that's the, the goodness of God is that he deals with both. And so, but I believe that's, to, to get more back to your question, it, it starts with yourself. You, you're realizing you have a problem. You're, you're, you're realizing it's deeper. You're starting to find out why I'm angry. Why I am I, why, why is this lust come from? Is, what, why am I lonely? And then you're starting to even uh, deal with it, not by just putting a, you know, a covenant eyes type thing on your computer, but you're dealing with the heart issue as well, uh, because you can put a, a block on your computer and then get it on your phone, or uh, you know you can go into a, a store, you know, find magazines, and so you're going to find it if it's in your heart. And so the the other things can be helpful, the accountability partners and uh, the the blocks and the the, the people what you know that have access to what you're watching on your computer, uh, but but those can tend to be superficial if the man's heart is not dealing with the the addictive nature that he's having and dealing with it and it comes down to being hurt and and shamed and wounded and and uh, so and, and uh, you know it's it's easier to I don't want to do I don't want to deal with painful things I want to be happy uh, I, I, so you know I'll be a lot happier if I just look at some pornography than I am having to spend a day alone with God just saying God my heart is breaking and my heart is hurt I, I feel so feel so worthless. I feel so abandoned. You know, so, and then God started asking you questions. Why do you feel abandoned? Well, Lord, you know it started when I was a little boy. It's like, can you tell me about it? It's like, yeah, well, you know, you remember when my dad started hitting me and then he was beating my mom and I just ran to the closet and I was, and you start remembering these things and it's painful. And so, uh, and some, and again, we need help along this way. You know, uh, that's where I think Christian counseling is important to get some help in this realm. And, um, that, uh, that can that can can uh, really change. So that's that's what it was for me. I mean, when, you know, in my after after a good number of years, in my mid 30s, I, I started looking inside the heart uh, and the freedom. And the, it was it was not, there was a change. It was it wasn't that that bootstrapping it like I'm going to grit my teeth and not look at pornography and I can make it six months. Uh, this one was like, man, I, I'd forgotten that I liked that stuff. I, I've, I've forgotten to I've forgotten to look. It's almost almost nice, or it didn't become my default when I was. If I did become lonely, my default became. Let me let me call a few friends and let's go let's go have a nice meal together, and or let me call my best friend and tell him like, I'm kind of lonely. I'm feeling you know that that sort of kind of 
Is it nip in the bud? Is that? Yeah, I was going to say that, and it sounded weird. Nipping in the bud. <laughs> uh, so it kind of nips in the bud. The because once you get, uh, you, know, you, you know how I think I, don't, I can't speak for women, but men, uh, there's like a not to get too weird, but uh, there's a, like a sequence, like a rocket launcher, you know. Yeah. And you, you, once you get to like you know T minus three or whatever, you're, you know you're going to take off. You're going to go into yeah. pornography and masturbation yeah. or whatever sexual sin. Um, so if you can stop it early, you're like, okay, I'm starting to feel angry. I'm starting to feel lonely. I'm starting to feel worried about my future. Uh, and then community is built for that. You're talking to somebody, and then there's real intimacy comes into your heart. And out of that real intimacy comes like, oh, okay, the power of that sin just doesn't have the same kind of power anymore. What Satan has tried to put up as a false view of intimacy, it no longer uh, has the same kind of attraction. It still takes discipline. It's still, you could go like, eh, it's still a little attractive, yeah. uh, but it's not as powerful. So we've talked about its pervasiveness, uh, how many people it affects. We've talked about uh, how hard it is to get over. But if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying, you can have victory over it. Absolutely. Because there are some people out there that think this is just with me forever. I'm just not going to worry about it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the majority of people, uh, this, it's not like a, you know, certain addictions are short-lived. Um, you know, like uh, in our work with Teen Challenge, the drug rehab program, you know, you, you can't, not too many people live 30, 40 years as a Crystal Matthews or a heroin injector. Uh, you know, it kills them, or even alcohol. Usually, the liver shuts down and stuff yeah. like that. You know, a heavy drinker. So, those those tend to be like, man, I'm 30 and I'm still using drugs. I got to get some help. Yeah. Whereas, uh, pornography, you can be 25, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. You know, and and you know, nobody wants to wait until you have no testosterone. You know, <laughs> nobody wants to wait until like, hey, I'm healed. Like, well, you're 75 and you don't <laughs> yeah. think about sex anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, no wonder you're healed. That, that's not that's not what God wants. He wants us to, you know, He wants us to be healed in our 20s. You know, He wants us to be healed, uh, you know, when we first go to it. Or He wants us to be prepared, even, uh, you know, as the as the Christian community prepares young people, because uh, now these things are starting. You know, 10, 12 years old, uh, people are getting involved in sexting and all kinds of, of uh, uh, horrible things. that, And so, you know, preparing this next generation to be free from this from the get-go. Like, they don't need to get free from it later. They, 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 you know, they conquered you know, it early. They conquered it early, yeah. You mentioned a lot of good resources during the program. Uh, yeah. You mentioned another one, Unwanted, is another book Unwanted that you Unwanted by Jay Stringer, yeah. yeah. He studied, uh, I think it was about 3,800 men and women, and he started finding out the whys, the reasons of this, and phenomenal, phenomenal insight into to the human heart, uh, into the soul uh, of Tulai. And he's the one who, uh, him and some others, began to to um, yeah, a little more graphic than we could get into today. But he began to ask, like, what do you, what type of thing do you look at when you look at pornography? And they categorized it, and they found out, okay. Angry men look at this. Um, fearful men look at this. Uh, women who have been abused look at that. And it was like, you know, 99% accurate or something like that. You know, it's just like he could actually ask you what happened in your past and tell you kind of what kind of pornography you look at. And so he made a link, not just to generally to pornography, but to the purpose of pornography, what it is that we're actually uh, looking at. And, uh, you know, so like and, and some very interesting studies. Like here's one just I, th- I found uh, extremely interesting when Cleveland Cavaliers were playing the Golden State Warriors in the game seven of the final uh, Google Analytics studied both cities and found out that I think it was don't quote me on the numbers but let's say about 25% a drop in uh, views of pornographic sites in both those cities 
Okay, so Golden State wins, and that 25% stays low. It only shoots up about 5%, so about 5% of men went back to after their win. Mm-hmm. What do you think happened in Cleveland? It shot up. Shot up. Yeah. Like, not only went back to its normal use, but went another 25% yeah. above its normal use. Disappointment. Again, so, yeah, disappointment, uh, anger, yeah, anger. Uh, frustration, yeah. um, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, and so... It was does, an escape for, from that, their loss, right? Yeah, so, doesn't that clearly speak that it's yeah. not just an issue of wanting something sexual, it's, it's, a, it's a soul issue, it's a, it's a hurt issue, and so um, pornography is not a sexual sin, pornography is a sin against sex. And there's a there's a real difference there because mm-hmm. uh, you know unfortunately we make sexuality sometimes in the church seem to be a bad thing. That's why we can't say certain yeah. kind of words yeah. in the church. Can't even say pornography, you know, or masturbation because yeah. it's like oh that's that's you, you can't talk about those things. And so it it just makes it more shameful. Yeah. Uh, but but it's but those things are it's, the sex is not bad. God God created sex and it's it's meant to be good and it's in in the marriage, uh, you know. And so to to to, to bless that and to speak well of that and to uh, provoke good things out of that <clears throat> and, and but then see this as an anomaly it's, it's that's not the norm it's 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 against it's not it's not a form of sex like pornography is not a form of sex uh, prostitution or masturbation that's not a form of sex it's against sex it's against what God created it to be and that's why it causes that much more shame and feeling of defeat and that just like the Cleveland Cavaliers, when their team was defeated, they went to that. When we feel defeated personally uh, in relationships on our job, even spiritually, we feel like I'm not living up to God's standards. It can drive us to that thing. And so getting to that sense of there's certain words in the Bible that are the, uh, are, are the, are the counter uh, empowerment. That is, it, it counters the power of, of, of uh, sinning against sex. Uh, and, and there are words that we don't think really are the words that would be like, what, what kind of words would set you free? Well, these, these, these words that the Bible so covets that we have and, and the Spirit even, lo- the Bible says the Spirit lusts after these things. He wants to use such a powerful word because he knows it's going to be a counter for this false lust, false uh, sexual intimacy. And these, these are words like joy. Um, in my counseling, I've never counseled a man or woman who came into my office and said, uh, you know, I, I've just got so much joy and peace and contentment, and I'm just delighted in the Lord, and and I have really strong relationships. All that's going good, but I'm struggling with pornography. <laughs> Never once. It's always been like, yeah. I'm struggling with pornography. Yeah. Why? Well, because I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. I'm sad. My job has no meaning. There's no purpose in my life. That was another one that uh, uh, Jay Stringer found out that uh, it was like the 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 number one indicator of somebody who would be addicted to pornography. Uh, was and we talked about some of them anger and things like that but the number one according to him was purposelessness mm. that a, that a man who didn't have a sense of purpose he might have had a job uh, but it's not a job he loves and he's not not living for the thing that God created him for there's going to be a sense of meaninglessness and that will drive you to to that as well so there's all kinds of reasons but the, but getting you know it's it's one thing to say I'm going to stop doing this but it'd be another thing to say I'm going to start increasing this instead of repressing something like stop looking at pornography how about in, how about we impress increase the sense of I'm coming to the Lord for joy I'm coming to community for life I'm coming to the family of God for a sense of belonging I'm coming to my wife for true intimacy I'm coming to my husband for a real real partnership and and getting those things so, so you have the fruit of the spirit is really what it is uh, so you have peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering. Yeah. 
all addictions uh, need to be replaced with something else, and sadly, it's usually another addiction, right? So yeah. uh, it's something yeah. good has to fill that void. That's right. Yeah, and 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 that, and that's. You, you, you can see that, right? The difference in strategy. I'm going to stop this. How, how am I going to stop this? Or maybe it's, well, no, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start being truly intimate with people and truly vulnerable with people. And, and you'll find that uh, there, you find there's a replacement. Uh, like the old song, you know, turn your eyes on Jesus. And this thing, the things of this world will go strangely dim. And oftentimes our focus is, is I got to make that dim. It's such a bright light in my life. How do I make that dim? Well, and that song is so powerful because you're turning your eyes to Jesus and the things of the world grow dim because the things of Jesus grow light, which is love and community and grace and forgiveness and self-acceptance, uh, you know, even that agape of self that we've talked about here before. To find freedom from addiction, we must first allow God to heal the wounds in our hearts. With our Heavenly Father's power and the help of community, we will find restoration and new life. God did not save us so that sin could rule over us. He will set us free. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound design for this episode by Mike Hall-Smith. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington with video production by Aaron Gale. World Challenge is incredibly thankful for the support we receive from many people across the country who believe in our mission. We are able to continue creating resources like this podcast because of donations from listeners like you. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson podcast for more encouragement in your Christian walk. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.